Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. And today we're starting off with our first and only oh, guest, yes. Ivy. Welcome, Ivy. Thanks. Do you want me to do my chant for you? <laughs> I always love a chant. <laughs> and this week we really decided it was such a big week at the Capitol. It was deadline week for bills to be heard that there was so much to cover that we really just wanted this to be a legislative focus. So Yeah, I agree. There really is a lot that happened this week and maybe more significantly didn't happen this week. Right. Wow. Um the the biggest bill for us that did not happen is Senate Bill six thirty four. That was a carryover bill from last year that threatened the way we our members could payroll deduct dues, which is a uh, you know, a, a very clear attack on on unions, on professional associations, and I think most significantly on those that have a, a large voice when we get to work together and they want to squash that voice. Yeah, this wasn't for all unions payroll deductible. No, it was no. Just for us educators. Just for us. Because they're special. Yes. We we are very special and we agree with that. Um but they did they did get one passed that does hurt uh several of our locals. Uh Senate Bill fifteen seventy nine did pass, which uh affects the way that our larger locals um have uh, can take a leave of absence for their local president. Um, that's a very local control issue. If it wasn't a good relationship between the between the local association and the local district, they wouldn't grant leaves of absence. And you know, in my opinion, and it was a gross state overreach. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to thought you were going to say it was a gross statement of <laughs> unclear facts on the debate. <laughs> well, that too. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we can narrow it down to just that bill <laughs> yeah. where that happened yeah. this week. There's so. A lot. Yeah, so so our largest districts with the most members um, took a big loss this week, and and uh, we are very upset about that. We're so very thankful to the the legislators that spoke out loud and proud for the the unnecessary nature of this and how it was a personal attack on on just us again not other unions, not police, not fire, which all have this same benefit. And and the reiteration in the debates of the impact of this occurring with nine people in the entire state. Correct. You know, we have hundreds of thousands of Out bills of to improve 40, people's lives. 40,000 yes. employees in our state. Over 40,000, way over 40,000. And and we are specifically targeting nine, nine. people. Right. And that, that part just resonated and I felt like was brought up time and time again of how personal this bill was. Correct. Correct. So uh, big disappointment on that. But there is some good news. Uh, we did have some good things passed this week. Uh, House Bill 3564, Representative Mark McBride, Senator Pemberton, is a scholarship bill that will help 1,000 applicants oh, with their college. Uh, $1,000 a year if you graduate from a public high school and go to an Oklahoma, Oklahoma college. Oklahoma public high school. Yes, right? Oklahoma public high school, right. And then go to an Oklahoma college, uh, public or private. It did get an amendment there at the end. But some of our private schools have really yeah. good teacher ed programs. College so we, ed, you know, yeah. we, we support that. Uh, they get $1,000 a year during their four years of college. 
And then if they teach in the state of Oklahoma for the next five years, they get 4,000 per year provided enough is funded, which is in the plan uh, to go for that loan forgiveness. It's not meant to be salary. It's not meant to be a stipend. It's meant to pay back those loans, but it's an incentive to stay. Mm -hmm. It's an incentive to teach, um, which is the biggest issue we're facing in, in public education. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that was a big win for us. And, and, and we're really excited. Does it still include at that on their senior year, that fourth year, that the, does it bump it up? Did it mm -hmm. did it stay that oh, it way? Does. Like twenty five hundred? It, it is. Yeah. Okay. I, I misspoke. Yes, okay. it does. That, that, yeah, that didn't change. That's nice. So when they're doing their student teaching, um, they're paying the class to do their student <laughs> exactly. teaching. So and that you know the cool thing is that will still continue for three years with the with our grant funds, our CARES or ARP or one of those funds, federal funds that came through that they'll be paid. Student teachers teach, will be paid yeah. anyway. So they'll get help with their college. Wow. They'll get a little more help as they're finishing up that last semester or that last year. And then they'll get um, help paying those loans back once they get out and, and have to start making those payments. So will that happen for incoming freshmen? If someone's like a freshman or sophomore, do we know those things? Do we know all the details yet. I think the, the, they're kind of working those okay. out. It's I, you I know through so. the. It'll be through the regions of higher. Yeah, all yeah. of this will be through. Oh, the they'll promulgate yeah. rules yeah. and exactly. do all that good stuff exactly. that comes yes. down. Yeah, good. exactly. Good to know. Yeah, uh, another good one I think uh, that passed is for our folks going through alternative certification. Mm -hmm. They have removed to this point anyway. None of these have been signed by the governor. Uh, the requirement to take the OGET test. Mm -hmm. The general knowledge test. That's the one. Like the ACT, SAT. Correct. Like test. And kind of like yeah. that. And that was one of the points that people mm -hmm. brought up. You know, yeah. people have taken the ACT and the SAT. This is a duplication. I don't want to do it again. Right. right. They still have to take their subject area yes. test and show mastery. And so right. we're not taking that requirement away. But this is one that was really tripping people up, especially people that were coming back as a second career or something like that. It's yeah. been a long time since they've had I'm those saying. basic I don't classes. Go back and take right. The so if you have a specialty area that you are really proficient in, you know, not knowing who wrote one of the classic novels is just mm -hmm. a silly reason to not pass a test. Or as my third grader have been Algebraic helping with. equation. Well, yeah. Acute <laughs> angle, I'm like Googling it. <laughs> I know, right. That's about as far as I go. It's little. It's, it's little and cute. So I, well, I, I just, I do not terms. use acute angle any day. But I, I do, I know members that I have talked yeah. to throughout the state. And this has been an issue that they yeah. really care about. Does it also include our College of Ed, or is it just alternative certification? My understanding is it's just alternative certification okay. teachers. Okay. Uh, another uh, good one is uh, Senate Bill 1631 passed that is a pilot program to pay mentor teachers. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we would love to see that coming back in a very a big, robust yeah. fashion, but this is a pilot program. It's a starting point. Uh, we know when we lost mentor teacher funding, mm. we really, that's when our teacher shortage really began. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they didn't feel the same supports. They didn't feel the same, you know, uh, foundation that, that, mm -hmm. that really things to people to lean on people yeah. that are built in to do that. And so I think our, I think our active teachers are trying to do that. Our, mm -hmm. our veteran teachers are trying to do that, but everyone's overwhelmed right now. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that come back. Another one that uh, we've heard some good feedback from our members on is uh, Senate Bill 1535, which originally was going to remove TLE altogether. Like do away with it. Do everything. away with it and, and, and still have an evaluation yeah. program. Yeah. But uh, 
it was amended in the house to still keep the uh, the framework of TLE. Okay. So you still, you know, kind of have the same general framework. It does cut back on a lot of the onerous reporting for educators and for administrators. And what our members are most excited about, the ones I've heard from, is it's getting rid of that PL focus okay. yeah. that, that people uh, claim that is a really big waste of time and not very worthwhile yeah. is what I've been told. Where you had each, each teacher had to uh, say, well, here's an area that I want to focus on <laughs> and here's how I'm going to professionally develop myself either through a book study or independent study to get there. Right. And I, I think in the initial version, when it first started, it was a great idea. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's happened with a lot of the TLE. It has really good, robust, um, ways to help improve your teaching, but the, the requirements of it are, are what's daunting. Yeah. Those unintended consequences, yeah. I think happen a lot. We have great ideas. And I think when PL focus first came in, the way I was trying to explain it to members without seeing it implemented was at least you get to choose, right? Pick something you want to get better at. We all, as educators, we are lifelong learners, right? There are lots of things we want to get better at and improve at. And so, uh, you know, we get to pick, but then it became this big explanation oh, of how man. we're going to get better at it. And we had to design the program and it just became this big, crazy thing it, it, that it wasn't meant to be. It was way, way bigger what it was. But you know what, Ivy, that's what education bills that we have in statute statute that's what it should be about when something's not working let's go back in and let's fix it right and so let's continue to work right. on it we're appreciative of that of that fix and and the legislators listening to their constituents on on this mm -hmm. piece and, and letting educators actually have some input on that so we're okay. excited about that and then the last one i think that's pretty good news um when we uh when they passed the transfer bill the big sweeping transfer bill last year, they inadvertently left out the ability of our support employees to transfer their children, just like they did. They put in to allow teachers to transfer mm. their children or certified employees. That was an oversight. It was never meant to exclude our support employees. And this is a very important uh, correction. Uh, this bill does also include uh, siblings of, ch of children that are transferred. And then once you've been transferred for several years, you don't have to keep applying. You're just considered in that district yeah. at that point, as long as your parents are still providing the transportation and, you know, all the things are being met. So we're excited for our support employees. We've actually had several reach out to us that are um, worried about that. And mm -hmm. so I'm excited that got through the, the most recent hurdle. As far as, you know, as we talk about this, I feel like you said, one, the governor has to sign some of these, but two, there's an asterisk that there's many of these bills were amended, mm -hmm. right? So we're talking oh. about bills now, now this next process, right? They have do, to go back. Do your best schoolhouse rock. <laughs> How does the bill now go? Okay. So <laughs> if a bill was amended in the opposite house, so Senate bill in the house is house bill in the Senate, it then has to go back to its house of origin, right? So let's say, oh my goodness, TLE bill. Yeah, it was amended, it was amended significantly, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It went over as a get rid of TLE altogether. And it was amended to keep a framework and make the changes that I spoke of. So it will have to go back to Senator Pugh to say, I accept those amendments, Representative Osborne. Because he's the author. Right. Mm -hmm. He is the author. So right. it goes back to that author and they get to make that decision. I accept those amendments and this goes on to the governor. 
And that, and happen, that happens on the floor. It does. Okay. And it's so a, I don't have to go to the committee, right. all that kind of stuff. And, and okay. then the entire Senate votes. He doesn't just get to decide, right. but he gets to decide how the vote will go. If he rejects the amendments, it goes to conference committee. Oh. So then in the Senate, they name a conference committee. It's a small group that will vote on that, that particular bill once a compromise is reached. Between the, both House and Senate? Correct. In the House, usually it goes back to whatever committee it went through. So oh. common ed. Okay. And so those are easier for us to follow. Those committees aren't set up like regular committees, though. It's not like open discussion. I was going to say, are they open meetings stuff. and stuff? They are open <laughs> meetings, but just not much is done. It's like, okay. here's what we think the changes will be. You have four days to sign it digitally. So uh, it's 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 not like a closed meeting. So they're, they're not really setting their verbally conferencing with right. each other <laughs> right but you can go see the language okay so that that part is open okay so so you can go see what they are you know doing and one that i kind of skipped that was a, a big one that passed wednesday after much much discussion was a uh, creating a brand new board in our state which would be the statewide charter school board it would do away with what currently is the virtual charter school board and it would then be the uh, encompassing board for all charters not just virtual yeah so there was uh, much concern from both charters and traditional public schools mm -hmm. um, the charter school association got involved we got involved the administrators association the school board association lots of input and representative dills i will say uh Kudos to her for working so hard to make sure all of the stakeholders' voices were heard on this bill. I still don't think it's perfect. Uh, There's some wording in there that we are really hoping that uh, we've approached Senator Pugh. So this one is one that was amended. Mm -hmm. So it will go back to Senator Pugh. Uh, we are very hopeful it will end up a conference because there are a couple of issues that didn't quite get worked out that we'd like to see uh, get worked out. And when you talk about the charter school board, just so people understand, right now we have the state board of ed with you know the state superintendent. This would be a separate board led by the state superintendent. Okay. Well, actually, it doesn't say who the chair, chair would be. It will say the state superintendent will be on there, and, the and state, a voting member. Uh huh. A voting and member. the state auditor will okay. also be a voting member on Ooh. it, along with many appointees. Okay. Uh, not just all governor appointees. Right now, all of our education boards are just governor appointees, and this one changes. I believe it's going to be a nine-person board. I'm almost positive on that one, mm -hmm. if I'm remembering that right. But some would be appointed by pro tem treat. Some would be appointed by Speaker McCall or whoever their speaker, next yeah. people are. Um, and then some would still be governor. But what it will do is take what's now the current three people left standing on the virtual charter yeah. board. <laughs> it's supposed to be a five person, person and they just only have three right now because two resigned. Take them. And I think right now that is a really good transition. If this is going to happen, if, if we're creating a new board, right. it's good that we're transferring that knowledge. Because they've mm -hmm. been through all of this stuff with Epic and investigations mm -hmm. and the state auditor and overturning things and, you know, just uh, so much uh, drama. Uh, there's some there's some really good knowledge and some lessons that have been learned. And it would be unfortunate if you were just to strike all of them and start over with people who had not lived through that. So uh, sometimes uh, living and learning Mm -hmm. uh, makes us, uh, makes us a, a really valuable part of this process. So 
Yeah, I think it was interesting listening. There was a lot of questions. So many. So uh, many. Representative Dills took a lot of questions. Um, debate. But the questions were, were, were very good about, so if I <clears throat> already have a charter school that in my district that the sponsor is the district, they just follow under the umbrella of that charter board. They don't have to then go get approval from, but it's kind of like their oversight is the charter board. Right. It was really interesting to listen to all the dynamics that yeah. are into play. And, and the really good part about this, if this happens is it uh, creates a lot more accountability and oversight for charters that we currently don't have. Um, right now, if a charter applies to a school district, like what happened in, say, Seminole, it, it has happened mm -hmm. in Seminole and Norman, where mm -hmm. they applied to the school district, the district denied them. Mm -hmm. They can then uh, uh, appeal to the State Board of Education, where in those two cases, they were approved. Well, and the State Board is a sponsor. Correct. Okay. Authorizer, authorizer, yes. Sponsor, mm -hmm. yeah. yes. So in those cases, the local school district denied them because they didn't meet the criteria. Right. Then it got to the state board, and they don't have to use the same criteria, which is really silly. Which is a minimum criteria. It's a very <laughs> minimum criteria. So this bill does encompass that minimum criteria. So it will say any sponsor, any authorizer has to follow that minimum criteria. Do they have facilities to house mm -hmm. children? Do they have the financial stability? Do they have you know? Uh, an appropriate curriculum, you know, who's going to do their payroll, who's, yeah. you know, how are they going to hire teachers? You know, so many things that starting a school is a daunting, big, yeah. big job. Not starting a school two years down the road. Right. And, and, <laughs> and those things should not be taken lightly. Yeah. Those things cannot just be pulled out of thin air. It's a big deal. And we're talking about years of, of a kid's education. Statistically, nationwide, one in five charters do not make it five years. Mm -hmm. So we certainly want to be picky about the ones we are approving mm -hmm. because we're pulling them out of schools that have been being schools for a really long time and know how to be schools. Right. And so we want to make sure wherever they're going, if the parent chooses to to pull them out of a school and take them to a different school, we just want to make sure it's a high quality school. So play what ifs with me. Yes. It goes, Senator Pugh feels like, he doesn't accept all the amendments because he needs more done. It goes to conference committee. Yes. What if they can't get agreement in the conference committee? What happens to the bill? It dies. It dies. Okay. Yeah. So, so those are kind of, so when they go back to the author of the, of the opposite chamber, if there were amendments, they can accept the amendments, send it to the governor, reject the amendments, take it to conference. And then there's a, you know, really just a couple of weeks to really get, Mm -hmm. uh, get to an agreement, get it back to the floor, floor. Okay. and then, then get it passed off the floor and then sent to the governor. So by the last uh, Friday in May, if we stay, if, if we yeah, stay, that, stay long, that, rumors, that long, rumors are floating <laughs> that it's going to end early. Oh, what do you okay. think? Ivy? I mean, we say this every year. We be so lucky. I, I have all the fingers I own are crossed <laughs> yeah. that yes, we get out early because you know, this is the point in session where True shenanigans, really, really yeah. happy. We just think deadline week is where uh, amendments are thrown in and no debate gets to be heard and all of that. But conference yeah. committee is where sometimes you get language snuck in and not everybody's watching it the same way you're watching a floor debate. So if yeah. language, obviously lang in a conference committee, language has changed, but because you have both House and Senate at the table. Both chambers have to pass that? Both chambers have to pass or that? Just or just the chamber of origin? I, I know. I was. I just thought about that. both chambers both would chambers. have to because it because each chamber has to pass the version that 
the, okay. if the it's final version at all okay those chambers so it's just a basically an up or down though okay. yeah no debate no at amendments least, okay i mean that's the this last this is the bill yes this yeah. is okay. the bill do you like it or okay. do you yeah. not like it right oh my gosh. that's up or down wow that's and then you know there's so many bills that have made it through this long process and they still have to be signed by the governor sure and and he's vetoed a couple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's vetoed a couple um yeah, or like one. overwhelmingly supported bipartisanly. Yes. One that was unanimous. I know. Because it didn't state in place quite yeah. far enough. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of hurdles to still go through. There are. And there's, you know, it's an election That bill year, to come a law. <laughs> and, and so many politics are in play that, that unfortunately, uh, in many cases, isn't about the actual policy. Mm-hmm. It's about the politics behind it. Who is the author? Is everyone getting along? Is it part of the budget negotiation? Have I have I upset someone that now is going to keep, you know, kind of hold my bill hostage? We saw that happen in in the deadline week. The wow. one the one bill I'd like to several bills were yeah. kind of got stuck in that, right? Um the Senate wanted vouchers really really bad. And we didn't pass vouchers. So there were some uh, outspoken folks in the House against vouchers. And so some of their bills didn't get heard. Um, And community schools. Our bill, community schools, was just one that didn't get heard. I have no... Uh, no proof that it was hostage taken. Host- yeah, I, I taken hostage. I think that's very <laughs> dirt. Uh, that's a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, our community schools bill. Uh, supported by First Lady Sarah Stitt. Such a good bill. And we're so sad that it was not given a hearing, but we'll bring it back next mm, year. Right. Representative West, oh, Tammy West, and Senator so Pemberton hard. both worked so hard. Yes. You know, did did the hard work of going and seeing community schools, being invested in this. and Bringing that's, that's so many people to the table. Yeah. Uh, really making a collaborative effort uh, across the aisle in both chambers. And so we were really sad to see it die yesterday. But, you know, then some bad ones died that we were happy about. So, you know, you, you kind of win some and lose some on yeah. that deadline week. And, and I do think, I mean, we have to remember that as bills filed, the majority don't pass, right? So part of them is just bringing awareness to issues. Sure. And I do think that positive awareness in the Senate ed and House ed in on the House floor, raising awareness about community schools, what they provide, wow. the parent, you know, um, voice within community schools was super impactful. Yeah, right. It'll be great, but we can still move this forward. We, we can. Still keep and this and if you really, going. if you look at different things that are, that are brought to the legislature, many of them don't pass the first year, mm-hmm. right? You know, you start a conversation and then down the road, we get to uh, we get to move it forward. So it, we're disappointed, but yeah. but it's not over. If we were in the first year of the two year s- session, um, it, that bill could just be eligible to be ready to go the second. But it's not. It's the right. second year. Of the so everything session. starts over yeah. next year. That's okay. We we're going to keep going. We are. Mm-hmm. We are. And then there, I you know, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about a. a kind of some things that got brought up in the in the late hours yesterday. Um, you know, if you, if you're on social media at all or watch the news or, you know, talk to people, then maybe you've heard about a few of these things, but, um, there are a lot of, um, kind of buzzword issues that are not issues here in Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. but have been brought to the forefront by, 
oh, national politics and the fact that it's an election year and primaries, especially in a supermajority Republican state, sometimes it's how conservative do you have to be to win a primary? And we saw some things that we normally wouldn't see in our state, um, kind of based on, on what's going on nationally. Um, in an election year, uh, we have a lot of primaries. And in Oklahoma, because we are uh, supermajority Republican, uh, most of those are Republican primaries. And so in many cases, you kind of have to pick where you stand uh, on that spectrum, right? Um, more conservative, uh, more moderate, wherever wherever you're going after voters. And so I think sometimes we see some of these uh, some of these buzzwords, some of these national things, like what happened uh, on the House floor yesterday, um, transgendered bathrooms. Uh, we have had transgendered students in our schools for years and years and years, and schools have been uh, using um, very case-by-case, -case, respectful, thoughtful, uh, bringing parents in, working through yeah. things, right? Collaborative They've ways just, to handle it. That's what it. schools do. They make it work. Exactly. And so instead, what happened yesterday is it became... Um, Part of the national manufactured narrative? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I'm afraid it became a, a campaign speech. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that hurts my heart. Uh, we as professionals that are in schools know how to do these things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I'm afraid we've put a one-size-fits-all on something that, that doesn't fit in a one-size-fits-all box. And so mm -hmm. that, that hurts my heart for kids, uh, for all kids surrounded mm -hmm. by this, ones that are, that are scared and, and wondering what happens, mm -hmm. and ones that are... Um, you know, not knowing now how they feel about things like that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I just think, uh, as the, as the not so pretty bow on a really crazy week, um, we, we saw some political things that had mm. way less to do about policy than it did about politics. And that's always the yucky part of this. Mm. Yeah. It makes, yeah, it's just really it leaves hard. a better taste in your mouth. Yes. Really does. It really yeah. Yeah. Well, Ivy, we hope that you get some rest after a crazy week. And you, Ellen, as yes, well. Yes. <laughs> All of our LPO yes. that staff that has done a fabulous job. Yeah. Day in you. and day out. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine. I really, Ellen, I really wanted to talk for a little bit. We, um, our members just received, well, they actually received two, uh, but I need them to look at the email that was sent Thursday. That was yesterday. Don't ask me what the date was, but it, it was sent yesterday from me and it kind of helped, um, kind of reiterate some items. Um, but we're going to have a focus group. You know, we've got, um, a, a the, our worth it campaign that we're going to be rolling out and we're really going to be highlighting at delegate assembly and we're going to be rolling it out to our local presidents and our members. But what we need to do is get our members thoughts. And we have created a, a focus group that's going to be using, um, and, and this is starting to become more readily used is called qual board mm -hmm. and it's an online online discussion board and what the the email states is that if you want to be a part of this focus group and we want you and we need you we need your thoughts to um in the email there's a registration link to to learn more about it and to sign up for it the, there's a deadline to that and that's may 8th so if, if you're interested we need you to sign up 
by May 8th. But what it's going to require is um, that discussion board is going to happen on May 10th, 11th, and 12th. And it requires 20 to 25 minutes where you're going to be a part of that online platform. You're going to be answering questions, uh, giving us your thoughts. And in that 20 to 25 minutes can be your time whenever you see it available during those days. So oh. it's not like you can only do it from 1.30 to 2.30. So you're not on with other people. This no. is a person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you're getting to to share your thoughts there. Um, but we need, we need our members and, and to say thank you for uh, being a part of that. We are, will be giving every member that participates in that, um, focus group, a $50 gift card. Oh my gosh. Because, that's awesome. Yeah. We want to say thank you for doing that. And, and, but this is, we are a member driven organization and we need to hear our members voices and what is important to them. And so be looking for that email. If you did not get that email, please email me at mm. kbishop at okea.org and let me know. And I will make sure that you have access to that um, email. If you if you run into issues with it, just reply back to that email. It comes to me and we're going to get your questions answered and get you hooked up. So we want you to be a part of that. And then we are one week. Today's Friday. We are one week away from Delic Assembly. So excited. I just, I, oh man, I'm thrilled. Um, who would ever thought that we had, we are now in an era that we had to have to delineate um, and say the words at our in-person mm-hmm. <laughs> delegate assembly. Yes. We've, the last two years, we've had to have virtual delegate assemblies and um, there's nothing better than an in-person delegate assembly. Are you excited, Ellen? I am excited. <laughs> I know our members are because we had yeah. a lot of people yes. that are coming. Yes. You know, they want to be a part of this process. Yeah. So. And if, if you're a local leader and you're like, oh my goodness, I haven't got my credentials in, don't worry. Uh, just contact Rita Kennedy at rkennedy at okea.org and we can get you uh, hooked up and with the information that you need. Um, but this is the time that... Uh, we get to experience who we are as an association, as a democratically elected representation. So our our members that come to Dele- Delegate Assembly have been elected by their members to serve, to represent them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, we this is where we take action. We take action on the budget, our legislative goals, um, resolutions, uh, members can bring new business items to um, help implement different uh, ideas that they have. And so truly, it is uh, it is the largest uh, delegate assembly uh, association in the state. We are the largest That's teachers awesome. association, educator, yes, education association in the state with teachers, support professionals, administrators, all of them. And uh, I am just thrilled to death. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. Yes, me too. Wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. <laughs> but we will be busy next busy. week. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you said that. And so uh, we will not have a podcast next week because we will be busy. Yes. Because um, Delegate Assembly is on Friday. <laughs> and um, we're going to be uh, in the mix of making sure that Delegate Assembly is running smoothly. So we'll see everybody week after next. Yep. And look forward to 
having more guests on the podcast. Yeah, catching back up. Yeah. So, well, thank you. We want to thank Ivy so much for all of the details on session this week. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.